0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Glory to Jesus Christ. My name is Father Matthew. I'm from Alaska, and I have a friend who's an OCMC missionary to Oceana. His name is Michael Jones. He and his family are missionaries. And they're from the church that I served at when I was a deacon. They're godparents to one of my children. And two years ago, they decided to give their lives to become midterm missionaries, like two years. Maybe not forever, but more than just a week. So before they left town, before they left Alaska, I asked them to come to my church and to speak about what inspired them. And Michael, he is a builder, and he was inspired to go to Oceana to build churches, to build the actual building. His wife, Megan, took a little more convincing But upon much prayer and reflection, this is what she said to our church about why she was willing to take their four children under the age of 10 down to Fiji and to Tonga. She said, we are ordinary people. We do not have extraordinary gifts. We don't have extraordinary gifts. We have ordinary gifts. We have no special training. My husband's a builder and I'm a housewife, a mother, a teacher. She said, I felt like I didn't have enough to offer for what they needed. But nevertheless, I should offer my not enough to the Lord to see how he can multiply it just as he did with the five loaves and the two fish when he fed 5,000. She quoted the Gospel that we heard today as to why she thought she could offer herself wholly and completely even though she knew it wasn't good enough for what the people needed trusting that her offering to God will be a blessing to those whom she encountered. In today's Gospel reading, we heard the passage from Matthew, but this is the only miracle of the Lord which is told in all four Gospels. This is the only story you hear told in all four Gospels. What's really amazing is the consistency of the stories. You know, sometimes we read about Jesus casting out a demoniac, and Matthew will say it was, it was two, and Luke will say it was one, or there are like minor discrepancies. But this story has no discrepancies among the four Gospel writers. Why would that be? Because there were so many witnesses. There were so many witnesses. But there's a line in this Gospel passage which appears in three out of the four Gospels. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all have this line. And the disciples come to Jesus. They are out in the wilderness and the multitudes have come to Jesus for healing and to hear him teach. And the disciples come at the end of the day and say, Master, you need to send the people away so that they can go get something to eat. And this line, I love this line that Jesus says right back to them He says, You give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Think about how stunning this would be. There were 5,000 men there. And according to some accounts, plus women and children. How stunning would that be? You give them something to eat. And in John's Gospel, Philip says, Master, even 200 denarii would not feed these people. He he says, six months of wages would not feed these people. And then one of the disciples comes in John's Gospel and brings a young man... It says this is what we have this young man has 5 loaves of bread and 2 fish and that's it. And Jesus says bring them to me. Megan Jones the OCMC missionary she thought about that boy's mother. She said he has a good mother. She packed him a lunch. <laughs> Now, does this boy need five loaves of bread and two fish for his lunch? No, but she packed him a good lunch so he could share it. And she's a good mother because she taught him to share. Because she taught him to offer his life to the creator of the universe. Was that enough food? For us mere mortals, no. But for the uncreated God, it's plenty. Megan said that mother made an impact on more than 5,000 people that day. And we don't even think that she was there. She said, I'm a mother. And there's an orphanage in Fiji and I'm going to go work at the orphanage and serve it the best I can. Michael and Megan are on a break right now. And they came back to Alaska, and my wife and I had a chance to see them and visit with them. And the bishop down in Oceana told them that without their work, the orphanage that they served at would have closed. Even though they ran the orphanage for about eight or nine months, that was it. He said, without your work, this orphanage would have closed. Fifteen boys and two girls with nowhere to go. The Lord says to His disciples, you give them something to eat. You take care of the problem. Don't tell everybody to go sign up for welfare. Don't wait for the government to intervene. Stop telling them to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You do what you can do. And they said, this is all we have. And He says, bring it to Me. You give them something to eat and bring what you have to me." And then the Lord gives thanks and he blesses it and he gives it back to the disciples to distribute. This, of course, is an image of the church. What are we doing right now? We're serving the liturgy and we will receive the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving. And what are we going to do? We're going to bless it, we're going to give thanks for it. And we're going to distribute it. We are all called to offer what we have to the Lord. We are not called to make excuses for what we don't have. We are all called to offer what we have fully and completely We are not called to offer our leftovers. Notice that the boy didn't eat first and say, well, this is what I've got. Notice that the disciples didn't eat first and say, well, this is what's left. We are called to give our first fruits to the Lord, the best of our harvest, the best of our energy, the best of our time, the best of our talents, We are not called to give the Lord our leftovers. In the litanies of the church, we are reminded over and over again to commend ourselves and each other and only that part of our life that is convenient to Christ our God. Do you remember that line? I don't remember that line either. Because we're called to give, commend ourselves and each other, and our whole life unto Christ our God. The church is very clear. We don't just give what's conveniently left over after paying our taxes, after buying our big screen TV, after paying the cable company. After the country club membership we're called to give our whole life fully and completely first to God God will take that life he'll take our offering he'll take our gifts and he will multiply it God will take our not enough and he will bless the cosmos with it if we offer it in faith and with trust that God will take care of us and those around us. Offering ourselves to God and our time and our money and our talents and offering ultimately our entire heart to Christ is not an obligation. It's not an obligation. Notice this young man voluntarily offers his gifts to the Lord. But offering ourselves to the Lord is not an obligation. There's a basketball coach that I like, Monty Williams. He used to coach the Phoenix Suns, now he's making oodles of money and coaching the Detroit Pistons. And he tells his players, this isn't a got-to, it's a get-to. It's a get-to. Offering your talent and your life and your money and your time to the church is a get-to, not a got-to. And when you think of it as an obligation, you're losing. You're losing the reward, you're losing the treasure that will be waiting for you in the kingdom of heaven. Who among us wouldn't want to provide the five loaves and two fish to feed multitudes? We see this all the time in the church, right? Stuff is donated and a name goes under it. Great. My question is, is that donation a leftover or is it a first fruit? That's what we really have to wrestle with. This is my first time being in a service in this temple. I am so impressed. It is so beautiful. This church truly can be a light up set on a hill in this city. And I think it's absolutely wonderful what's going on here. But I want to encourage you not to settle. Don't plateau. Don't say, well, we built our church and that's good enough, and we'll wait for people to show up. Continue to offer your five loaves and your two fish. Continue to offer yourself to the Philopticos. Continue to offer yourself to the community. One way to do this is to do a greed check on yourself. A greed check is like an audit of your checkbook and your calendar. Is my time and my money, are my time and my money being used for selfish purposes or for God? Do you actually volunteer or do you just write a check? We need those who write checks. We also need everybody to give their time to volunteer. So how do we offer ourselves fully and completely to God? I'll break it down in three easy steps. Number one, tithe and give alms. Be generous. Be generous. You will never regret being generous. You will never, ever regret being generous. Number two, take responsibility and initiative. This is my favorite example. This happens a lot, not just in my church, in every church. You pull up to the church, you're in the parking lot, there's trash in the parking lot, you step right over it because somebody else is going to pick it up. If you see a need, take care of it. Be responsible. I worked a couple weeks ago at the Antiochian Village in western Pennsylvania with high school graduates. It was a one-week intensive. And we took those high school graduates into Pittsburgh, and we taught them all about service. And they said, how can we serve? We said, glad you asked. Here's a trash bag and some gloves. We're going out into the streets and we clean city blocks the best we could. Was it enough to clean up all the trash in the city? No. Was it a blessing to those in those blocks? Yes. You don't need a 501c3 nonprofit status to do good works. You just need a willing heart. You need to offer your time. So be responsible. Take initiative. Be generous. Do the greed check. Those are three things you can do to offer yourselves fully and completely to God. It's really important it's really important that we not despair about what we can't do, but that we do everything we can that's in our power to serve the Lord. We might not all be called to be OCMC missionaries and uproot our family and take them across the world across the ocean to serve in a foreign culture. We might not be called to do that. We might not be called to be priests or monastics, but we are all called to love the Lord our God with our whole soul, with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with our whole strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Not one of us has an excuse to be unkind and unloving to those we encounter. It's not about the money that's in your pocket. It's not about how much money that's in your pocket. It's what you do with the money that's in your pocket that's important. St. Basil the Great says that the poor are given to us by God for our salvation and that they bless us more than we're able to bless them. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has given us all five loaves and two fish, somehow, some way, If you're sitting here today, then I can guarantee that 99% of your problems are first world problems. You don't have to be ashamed of that. You don't have to feel guilty about that. But the Lord has blessed you tremendously. He has blessed all of us tremendously. We have opportunities to serve Him. We have opportunities, not obligations. We get to serve Him. We don't got to serve Him. So I encourage all of you, I encourage all of you, think about the boy and his mother in the wilderness. One mother packed one good lunch. One boy had a good heart and he offered it to the Lord and thousands were fed, thousands were blessed with that bread of fellowship, that artos of grace. We are all called to give our not enough to the Lord who can take it and use it in ways we can't even imagine. Don't hold back when it's time to give and be generous. Don't hold back when it's time to love and show mercy. Don't hold back when it's time to offer yourself to the Lord. Because truly this is how we will be judged. And I trust, based on what I see and everything I've heard about this community, I trust that your generosity and your good hearts will continue to grow and multiply and serve the entire community in a way, in a way, that will make the saints weep for joy over the love that is being spread throughout this town. May God grant this to us, and may God grant all of us a treasure in the Kingdom of Heaven in exchange for our generosity and our love in this earthly life. To Christ our God, the giver of all good things, be glory, honor, and worship together with the Father and the Holy Spirit now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst.